the message that I would like to share with you guys is, Are we living in the light? <clears throat> Amen. That's the title of my message. Are we living in the light? Who is the light? Very clearly Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12, He said, I am the light of the world. Amen. Those who follow me will never walk, walk in darkness. Amen. So Jesus is the light. But unfortunately, many of us are living in the darkness. I was able to get the title of this message uh, because I received a couple of calls this week. And some of them have told me how they're struggling. <clears throat> you know, how things are going bad, bad to worse with their health and their you know, situations, with their family, with their children. And they have told me that, you know, this is what is happening in our family. Why is this happening? It's because there's darkness. There's spiritual darkness in the families. Amen. Many of us, we say we are living in the light. Many Christians, they profess that we are living in the light. But their actions and their lifestyle say something else. Amen. Many of them say, okay, we are coming to church. We are doing this. We are doing that. But you see their actions, their behaviors, their attitude, their lifestyle. It clearly shows that they're not walking in the light. Amen. They still have the same attitudes and actions and behaviors of the people like the unbelievers, the people who are living in the world. They are living in darkness, but not the children of light. We are called to live in the light. People have to see a change in us. Amen. If we say we are living in the light, then why are many Christians not experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give us? Jesus said very clearly in John chapter 10 verse 10, he said, I have come so that they might have an abundant life. What do you mean by abundant life? A life filled with joy, a life filled with peace and victory in every area of our life. Amen. I think it's a New Living Translation. It says a rich life. Christ came to give us a rich, satisfying life. But many people, many Christians are not experiencing the life that Christ came to give us. Many are living in fear. Many are living in depression. Many are living uh, in anxiety. Many are having suicidal thoughts. So why are we living a life of darkness, church? Why are we not experiencing the life of light that Christ came to give us? Christ paid a heavy price. Remember that. He paid a very heavy price on the cross. He shed his blood on the cross. He was whipped. He went through a lot of humiliation and he humbled himself so that we, his children, can experience a rich, satisfying life. Amen. So why are we living in darkness is the question. Are we living in the light or are we living in the darkness? We have to question ourselves. I mean, I have been in that place in my life where I was living in darkness. I was having the spirit of fear controlling me. I still remember I had been to church and I saw Pastor Jose. He laid his hand on my head and he said, Sheba, I see something leaving your head, a, a dark cloud leaving your mind. And that was the spirit of fear. I was tormented with a spirit of fear, fear of uncertainty, fear of what's going to happen tomorrow, fear of the future, fear of the unknown. Amen. And many of us, we go through that. Many Christians go through that. And those are the times and the days of darkness where you are dwelling on fear. Amen. Many of us, we go through that. I have, I have got so many calls. And many of you guys have told me that I'm living in fear. I don't know what's going to happen. 
if I'm going to lose my house, amen, if I'm going to make it, if, if, if I'm going to live, amen, if my children will ever change, amen. So these are fears, fears of uncertainty. We, we are not called to live in fear because the word very clearly says in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a power and of a soundness of mind. God has given us a soundness of mind, a spirit of peace. Amen. So why are we not experiencing is the question. Are we living in the light or are we living in darkness? Amen. The very first thing God created in this world, in his creation, the very first thing he created was light. Amen. He couldn't create anything without the light. He said, let there be light and there was light. You'll find that in, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, I think it's verse 1. Okay, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, verse 3, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4, And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. Amen. So the first thing that God did was he created light. Because God is light. He lives in an approachable light. Amen. We cannot see him with our naked eyes because the light is so bright that we cannot live to see. We are going to die because his brightness is so bright that our natural eyes cannot see because he lives in an approachable light. Amen. So the first thing God created was light and he separated. The second thing that he did was he separated the light from the darkness. He said light, he called it day and darkness, he called it night. Amen. That's the reason you will see all the things that are happening, it happens in the darkness. All the sin, everything that happens, it happens in the darkness. Amen. And God separated light from darkness. Amen. In the same way, God sent his son to be the light of the world. He sent his son as the light to the dark world. We were all living in darkness. We were all, you know, living away from God. And God sent his son to be the light to the dark world. Amen. You'll find that in Isaiah chapter 9. And it says, chapter, uh, chapter 9 verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when the Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, and those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Amen. This was already prophesied by Prophet Jeremiah that light is going to come and it's going to expel the darkness in the land of Israel. Amen. And that light has already come. Christ is that light. He said, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8, 8 verse 12 said, those who follow me will not walk in 
darkness but will have the light of life amen so christ is the light he gave us to give us the light and those who follow him there's a condition those who follow christ will never walk in darkness amen so the question again is are we living in the light or are we living in the darkness christ came to give us an abundant life church he has, called, he has come to give us rich and satisfying life, a life filled with peace, joy, happiness, prosperity. But many Christians are living in fear. Amen. Why? Because we are still living in darkness and we are still not following Christ wholeheartedly. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eyes have seen, no ears have heard all the good things that God has planned for those who love Him. Amen. God has great plans. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard what plans, great plans God has for those who love Him. That includes you and me. God has great plans for those who love God. Because you guys love God, that's the reason we are coming here. We are listening to His word. We are worshipping God. We are thanking God with our praise reports. We are worshipping with our songs. Amen. Because you love God. And those who love God... God says that he has great plans that nobody has ever, ever imagined. Amen. So we are called to walk in the light. If you want to experience the abundant life Christ came to give us. Amen. I remember there was a sister who was coming to our church uh, probably a couple of years back. And uh, Pastor Jose was the, the lead pastor. And uh, I had a vision about this sister. God showed me. In a dream that she was sitting in a darkness in a dark room and there was somebody someone came and handed her the candle and I saw the hand coming close to her holding a candle to give it to her but she refused it she refused to take that light she refused to take that candle and I woke up from my sleep I called the pastor the next minute and I said I don't know why I had this dream about this sister but this is what I saw, Pastor. And fair enough, that came true. And we got to know that she is living a life of darkness. And because she's living a life of darkness, the whole family is living in darkness. Amen. And that is what happens, church. When we live in darkness, our children, our grandchildren, they also will follow us. So we have to be careful. Amen. God wants to use us to be the light, to expel the darkness in our families. God wants to use us to be the light, to expel the darkness in our children's life, in our marriage, in our, in our, in our business. He wants to expel all those darkness through us. Amen. If we have the light of Christ, it will expel all the darkness in our family in our children, in our marriage, in our, in our community, in our, in, our, in our neighbors. Why are so many divorces taking place? Is because there's darkness. Amen. We are still living in darkness. Amen. God didn't create Adam and Eve to be divorced. He never created divorce. So why are people running to have divorce? It's because they don't want to follow Christ. They don't want to live in the light. They love the pleasures of the darkness and they want to live in darkness. Amen. So God is calling us to follow him. God is calling us to follow him. If you follow him, you are going to walk, walk in the light. 
If you don't follow him, you're going to walk in the darkness and you will never know where you're going. And that is really a dangerous place to be. Amen. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 4, it says, For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. This is again uh, Isaiah prophesying about Jesus that you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burdens from their shoulders. Amen. And that's what Jesus came to give us. He has come to set us free from the yoke of sin. He has come to set us free from the yoke of addiction, from the yoke of sickness, from the yoke of disease and death. Amen. Christ came to do what God has sent him to do. He paid a price already. So why are we not experiencing that light in our life is a question that we need to ask ourselves. The yoke of depression, the yoke of uh, anxiety has already been broken. Amen. That's why he said, come to me all those who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. But unfortunately, many Christians run to alcohol to get rest. They've run to women to get rest. They run here and there to get peace in the world. They go to club, they go to bars thinking that that will give them peace. But Christ is telling us with his arms wide open, come to me and I will give you rest. You'll not find that peace, you'll not find that rest in the world church. Amen. I'm not just sharing to you guys, but also all those who are listening on the podcast as well. Amen. We're running to the world to find peace. We're running in the wrong places. And that's the reason there's no peace. There's no joy. Amen. If there was peace and joy in the world, then why are so many rich people committing suicide? Amen. There's no joy in the world. There's no peace in the world. That's the reason Christ said, I am the Prince of Peace. Only I can give you peace. So we have to run to him. We have to follow the light. Amen. It says in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 17, it says that... It says that, Ephesians chapter 4, it's don't live like unbelievers who are living in darkness with no hope. Amen. He's telling us don't live like the unbelievers because the unbelievers live like people with no hope. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Amen. So it's telling us don't live like the unbelievers because their minds are full of darkness. And they have hardened their heart against him. Amen. You know, it happens. Everything starts. The darkness starts first in our mind. Remember that, church. The first thing the enemy attacks and brings darkness in our life is by attacking our mind. Amen. Our mind is always the battlefield of the enemy. He attacks us once our mind is in darkness. Our whole body is in darkness. That is why Jesus said, if you're watching things that are wrong, your whole body will be in, in darkness. 
if you're seeing things bad things like pornography and you know certain things even if you look at a woman with a lustful thought that brings darkness in your whole mind and body we have to be careful church we cannot continue to live in sin amen we cannot be like the unbelievers they have no hope they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow amen they have no hope because they have hardened their heart and they have hardened their mind amen it says in the same chapter verse 22 it says so throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes amen so you know we have learned we have come to know the truth and the truth has set us free christ is the light christ is the truth and he has already set us free he has separated us from the darkness amen just like god created the universe so the first thing he did was he created light and he separated the light from the darkness so we have been separated from the world because we are the children of light amen so because we because we are the children of light he's telling us to throw off your old self sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception it is corrupted by lust and secondly by deception we have been deceived into thinking that we are perfect by living one foot in the church and one foot in the world that is a deception from the enemy because the world clearly says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 satan who is a ruler of this world has deceived and blinded the minds of the people satan has already deceived the minds and the minds of the people that's a deception that we are living in that we think that the grace of god allows us to live in sin amen but here paul is clearly telling the ephesian church throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life because your former way of life was full of darkness amen you were living in darkness but now he's telling us to throw off and instead renew your spirit let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like god truly righteous and holy amen we are called to put on that new nature we are called to put on that new man that is righteous and holy amen we cannot continue to live in darkness church we cannot the brightness of christ when you start following christ the brightness of christ will start start showing in your life people can see a change in you people can see that you're filled with joy that people can see that you're filled with peace there's always praise reports coming in there's no <laughs> prayer request but more praise reports coming in because you're walking in the light amen it says that when you walk in the light not only your life will change but your talk your walk your attitude your actions your behavior including your face will start shining bright it will show people will see that amen a very good example is moses if you remember the story of moses when he spent 40 days on mount sinai he was spending time with god and what happened was his face started shining bright it was so bright that people had he had to cover his face with a veil why did this happen is because he spent time with god let's go to exodus chapter 34 
and verses 29. It says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. He was not even aware that his face was radiating. Why? Because he, was, he had spoken to the Lord. Verse 30, it says, So when Aaron and people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. Amen. So they were afraid. They saw the brightness on his face and they were so scared that they were not willing to come close to Moses. And that is what happens, church. When you're living in Christ, when you're constantly in fellowship with Christ, when you're spending more time with Christ, in reading his word, in meditating in his word, in, in worshipping him, if you're spending time with Christ, your face is going to shine and people who are living in darkness will see that brightness in your life. Amen. That is what happened with Moses. It says in verse 31, But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron, and all the leaders of the community to come over and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. Amen. So God gave him instructions. And so Moses brought those instructions that God gave him to the children of Israel. Amen. At verse 33 he says, When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. Amen. Verse 34, but whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him. Amen. So, you know, God was using Moses to give his instructions to the children of Israel. And he was spending so much time with God that his face was shining bright. Amen. And that is what God wants, wants to do in our life. He wants to change us. He wants to bring brightness in our lives so that people in our family can see that. And we can be a solution to the problem as well. I mean, that's what Moses was. He was, uh, he was bringing all the instructions. They had so many problems and God would give him instructions. And Moses was used by God to solve all the problems of the Israelites. The day-to-day -day problems that they were facing, Moses was giving them instructions. And guiding them in the right direction. Amen. Why? Because Moses was living in the light church. He was spending time with God. And that light was shining bright through him and his life. And through his face people could see that. Amen. I remember I was watching uh, this, this post on Facebook a couple of days back. And I seen this guy. I don't remember his name but he posted a picture of him when he was a drug addict, his past and his present. His past picture showed how ugly he looked, how skinny he looked. He had so many dark circles, a lot of wrinkles on his face. Uh, you know, he was not looking good. But the, the, but the present picture, when he accepted Christ, his face was lit. There was a radiant glow on his face. Amen. That is called light of Christ in your life. People can see the difference. Amen. And that's what the light of Christ is, 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 is waiting to do in our life. He wants to expel the darkness in our life, church. God wants to expel the darkness in our life. And that is possible when we walk in the light of Christ. I remember 
a couple of years back, I think in 2012, <coughs> God healed me of asthma. I was struggling with asthma all my life. And I was in the ICU. I couldn't breathe. I was on the verge of, you know, dying. But God saved me. God protected me. God healed me of asthma. And I was glorifying God. I was going to church and I was just walking in the light because I see the miracle of God. And I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to know more and more of Him. Amen. So I was walking in the light and eventually God set me free from the spirit of pride, from the spirit of rebellion. I had so much of pride. I had so much of rebellion. I'm sure if you talk to my brother, he would tell you how, how I was. I was such a rebellious person. But God set me free from all the spirits, all the negativity of the powers of the darkness. God set me free. Amen. When does this happen is when you continue walking in the light. Because the light will expel the darkness in our life. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says, We were separated from God with evil thoughts and actions. So as I was sharing, everything starts with our mind, with our thoughts. Sometimes we think wrong thoughts, thoughts of jealousy, thoughts of anger. Amen. Thoughts of lust. These are the things that happen that separates us from the living God. Amen. One good example is Adam and Eve. They were separated from God because they had a thought that what if, if I disobey God and eat the apple. Amen. So they disobeyed God and the thought came and they did what the Satan wanted them to do. And that is why they were separated and sin and death came into the world. Darkness came into the world because of a thought of disobeying God. Amen. We have to be careful, church, what goes in our mind, what goes in our heart. We have to cover and protect ourselves from all the evils and dangers of this dark world. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Our hearts are filled with light. Our hearts have to be filled with Christ because when the light comes, our heart is going to be filled with the brightness of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. So God has brought that light in our heart. But if we don't guard our thoughts, our mind, eventually it's going to corrupt our heart as well. Amen. So we have to guard our heart and mind by focusing and spending more time with Christ. Amen. It says in John chapter 8 verse 36, Jesus said, So if the Son sets you free, then you are truly free. Amen. So Christ has come to set us free from all the things of the dark world from all the addictions, from all the sickness, or from all the diseases. Those are the things of the darkness. God has set us free already. He said, so if the sin sets you free, then you are truly free. Then why are some of us not set free? Why, of, why some of us are still struggling? It's because we are not walking in the light. We have to continue walking in the light like Moses did. And God is going to set us free. God doesn't do a 50-50% job. He does a 100% job. I remember the sister had called me and we prayed for her. She was having some complication in her lungs all the way from California and we prayed and God set her free. 
she went and checked and the doctor said the, the infection is gone in your lung sister she called me and she said thank you sister for your prayers i'm able to breathe fine my lungs are perfectly fine thank you and i said well you know continue walking with god god has done this great miracle sister and she still has complication in her whole body she has complication in her hip and i told her continue walking you have seen a miracle now don't stop there continue walking continue coming on the conference and god is going to do the rest because god doesn't do a 50% job god does a 100% job church because it says if the sun sets you free you are totally free but many christians are not totally free is because of their hardened heart they're not willing to walk in the light and it was the same with jesus with the israelites in jesus time jesus was struggling with all the israelites because he said that many were not healed jesus couldn't heal many of them very few people jesus was healed because jesus said they had a hardened heart and they had so much of unbelief they saw jesus doing great miracles they saw jesus raising the dead healing the sick but still they were not believing him that he is the messiah and they were hardening their heart against christ and because of that many were not healed amen we'll find that in john chapter 12 verses 35 to 41 and verse 37 says many did not believe the miracle signs of jesus and they are not willing to follow him jesus said follow me carry the cross and follow me and i'm going to give you rich and abundant life when you carry the cross of christ is going to fill us with joy and his peace that doesn't this world cannot give us because this is a dark world this is a fallen world we cannot expect anything good coming from this world church amen so none of the israelites were believing jesus they saw all the miracles but they disbelieved jesus and many of them were still sick very few people got healed it was all because of their unbelief amen i remember this sister god healed her she had some complication in her in her legs and god healed her and the doctor said that she has blood clots in her nerves and they might have to amputate her leg <coughs> so she came to the church and the word says as the word says in james uh, chapter 2 verse 15 it says if any one of you are sick come to the church and the elders will anoint you with oil and with the prayer of faith the sick will be healed so that is what exactly we did the church came together all the elders we anointed her leg with oil we prayed with faith and god answered that prayer god healed her and the next week she went to the hospital the doctors did an x-ray and they said praise god we didn't find any clots in your in your nerves anymore and even the doctors were surprised but then she said it's the lord doctor is is my god who has healed me where is that person now are we continuing walking in the dark, in the light well you have seen the miracle but you have stopped following christ and the same person she called me this week and she said that the clots are back and uh, they had to do a, a surgery they had to put a stent not one but two stents to keep the blood flowing why would god do that god already healed you that's what i say god doesn't do a 50% job he does a 100% job if he heals somebody he will do it 100% because that's what his word say if the sun sets you free you are indeed free you get a miracle and you stop following christ 
we come to church to get our answers to our prayers once the prayer when god answers our prayers we said god we don't need you anymore thank you bye bye goodbye and that's how many christians do and that was the condition of the israelites in jesus time it says that jesus was so hurt jesus was grieved because they saw the miracles and they never came back to thank him it says that he healed 10 lepers all the 10 lepers were healed but only one came back and said jesus thank you for healing me and jesus said i healed 10 of them where are the rest of them gone where are the other nine amen because we're not willing to follow christ they're not willing to follow the light amen we have to be careful church that we give our honor and glory to god for all the miracles that he has done in our life and we should never forget and we should always continue walking in the light our walk has to grow stronger and stronger in god amen and that was a condition with uh, jesus disciple peter and judas judas is carried both of them they walked with jesus they talked with jesus they ate with jesus they were so close to jesus they have learned so much from jesus but still they rejected christ they betrayed christ one rejected and the other one betrayed jesus and jesus the sad part was he knew who is going to do that we find that in john chapter 13 verse 11 he says that i know that none of you are clean there there are some who are not clean because jesus knew who is going to betray him jesus knew that today peter is telling jesus i'm going to be with you i'm going to go on the cross with you and the next minute jesus said peter you're telling me all this but tonight you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows and that is what exactly peter did he denied jesus why do we do that is because we are scared to face persecution when our walk with christ gets stronger persecution come in and when persecution come in we don't want to follow the light we say it's better we be in the darkness because life in the darkness is easy so we better be in the light there's no point in you know following christ because there's so much of problems there's so much of persecution there's so much of trouble and that's the excuse of many christians that they don't want to follow christ all the way till the end of their life is because it's too much of suffering too much of persecution but remember church this world is dying amen this world is not permanent this is just a temporary we have to work for our eternal resting place that is with Christ Jesus amen so that was a condition with peter i was very sad for god for jesus and judas he literally betrayed christ for few coins and that's what we do many christians they put money before god i remember the sister had been coming to our church she didn't have a job i mean the company where she was working fired her and she has been coming to church and regularly faithfully and she asked pastor pastor Jose can you pray for me to from a job so we prayed the whole church prayed for her and the same company with threw her out called her back again and gave her the same position and so she got the job back where is she now when i talked to her she says i'm working on sunday sister i'm sorry i can't come to church i'm working on sunday's pastor I'm sorry I can't come to church because the priority has changed now money has become the priority amen and that was what Judas was Judas is carried here 
He betrayed Jesus for few coins. He betrayed God. And eventually he couldn't take it. And he hung himself. Amen. And that's what happens. Many Christians, they can't take it. That's the reason they go to the extreme of killing themselves. They go to the extreme of suicide. Because they cannot take the, 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 the pressure of life. Because they have already rejected Christ for few silver coins. Amen. So we have to be careful, church, that we continue our, our walk with God. Amen. Paul had the same problem with the Galatian church. You'll find that in Galatians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. He had a problem because the Galatian church was going back to their old sinful ways. You'll find that in Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. It says, And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic principalities of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us. Amen. So God sent his son to set us free from the powers of darkness. And verse 9 it says, So that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves one more? To the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Question mark. So Paul, the apostle, is questioning the, the efficient church. Why are you planning to go back? Amen. God already brought you out of darkness. Why are you thinking of going back? And it's the same question to us. God is asking us, why are we thinking of going back rather than moving forward in Christ? Amen. We are called to walk in Christ. We are called to be the light of Christ. Amen. When we are filled with the light of Christ, it's going to expel the darkness around us. It's going to expel the darkness in our neighborhood, in our community. God wants to use us, church. He wants us to be the hand and feet of Christ, to touch souls, to bring people out of darkness. Are we doing that? Is the question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we living in the light or are we still living in the darkness. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, Use your freedom to serve one another. We are called to live in freedom. And secondly, we are to use this freedom not to live in sin, but to serve one another. We are called to serve our brothers and sisters. And that's what Jesus did. He served the people, all his ministry, all through his life. He served them. He served them. He took care of them. And the question is, are we doing that? Amen. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 5, it talks about a greedy person. A greedy person is an idolater of the things of the world. He will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are greedy for the things of the world, greedy to have a higher position, greedy for, for a big, I mean, there's nothing wrong in having a car. That's a basic necessity. But having a desire to have a limousine or an expensive car is, is a, you know, you're, 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 you're cherishing your you're want, you're greedy for the things of the world. Amen. And such people will not make it to the kingdom of God. Amen. Because this world, Satan is a ruler of this world. 
So we should not be greedy, church. We should not be greedy. Be satisfied in what you have. Don't be greedy for money. Don't be greedy for things. Basic things are needed, but don't go over the board to get things that are, you know, that you cannot, that is not needed. Amen. So many people become greedy for money. And the word of God very clearly says, a person who is greedy for the things of the world will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, he says the same thing in Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Amen. So it's telling, don't be a greedy person, idolating the things of this world. Don't be idolizing the things of this world. I mean, they are good, but don't be idolizing them. Don't make them your God, is what the word is saying. It could be a film star, it could be an expensive car, it could be a, a palace or a bungalow. Amen. So don't be idolizing those things, is what God is telling us. Be satisfied with what you have because God has great plans for our life. Amen. So don't be greedy for the things of the world. Amen. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, is telling us to arise. He's calling the church. Apostle Paul is calling the church to arise from your sleep. And then Christ will give you the light. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 11 to 14. It says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Verse 14, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Amen. So we are all sleeping because we enjoy the pleasures of the world. We enjoy the, dark, the darkness around us. But... The word of God is clearly telling us to arise. We have called to arise, church. We have to arise ourselves from this dark world. And when we arise, then Christ is going to fill us with his light. And when the light comes, it's going to expel all the darkness in our life. And the same chapter, verse 9, it says, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So the light of Christ will produce in you what is good and what is pleasing. So your life will always produce, you know, good things. Good things come from your life. And people can see that. Amen. That you're producing good fruits. That you, you have a good behavior. You have a helping attitude. Amen. So that starts showing up in your life and people can see that. Because the light produces what is good. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, For God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. As I just shared before the 
before the service started, I said, the first thing God created was light. And the second thing, he separated light from the darkness. Amen. In the same way, God created, his, he, he set us free from the bondages of darkness. And now, he's calling us to separate ourselves completely from the things of the darkness, from the things of the world, and to continue walking in the light. Amen. First John chapter 2 verse 4 says, If someone claims, I know God, but don't obey his command, that person is a liar. Many of us, we say that we know God, we love God, but when it comes down to his word, many of us, we don't stand what God is calling us to do. Amen. What are his two important commandments, church? Jesus gave us two very important commandments. That is first, to love God, and second, to love our brothers and sisters. He didn't tell us to love our spouse. He didn't tell us to love our mother and father. He didn't tell us to love our, uh, our friend. He's, told, he's telling us to love your brothers and sisters. First, love God. Second, love your brothers and sisters. And many Christians fail in the, these two categories, in these two commandments. They don't put God first. And that's the reason we see many people not coming to church. Because they're not putting God first. They have experienced such great, mighty miracles of God that have taken place in their lives. But they're not there to worship God on Sundays. That shows that their priority is somewhere else. Amen. We have to love God. We have to put God in every area of our lives. Whether it is in our relationships, we have to put God above our spouse. Whether it's in our finances, we have to put God above our finances. In every area of our lives, we have to put God first. And that is what Jesus commanded us. And second is love your brothers and sisters. Many people love their family, but they don't want to love their brothers and sisters. Many people have a lot of hate for their brothers and sisters in the church. I have seen that. I have seen that many times, that this particular person would have uh, a gossiping about the other person or backbiting about the person or have hate or jealousy towards other person. And how can you say that you love God? You come to church, you hear the word of God, but you still hate your brothers and sisters. And that is where you're disobeying God. Amen. And that's what he says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. If someone claims, I know God, but don't obey his commands, that person is a liar. Amen. Again, the same chapter, verse 8 to 9, it says, If anyone claims, I'm living in the light, but still hates a brother, that then lives, he's living in darkness. It's very clearly saying that you're living in darkness if you're hating your brothers and sisters. Amen. We have to have a forgiveness, a forgiveful attitude. People have done, that was the biggest struggle for me initially when I was coming into the ministry. I had a lot of unforgiveness because the other person had done so much damage to me that I was not willing to forgive that person. But I remember Pastor Jose sat down with me and said, Sister Shiva, you have to forgive that person. No matter what, do not judge that person. It is between you and God, but your job, God is calling you to forgive that person. But if you don't forgive that person, God is not going to forgive your sins. Amen. So unforgive, unforgive, uh, unforgiveness and hate will put you in darkness, will put your life in darkness. When you cannot see the likeness of Christ in your life. Amen. It says in 1 John chapter 4 verse 7, God is love. 
and those who say they love God should love their brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17 to 19. It talks about showing love of God to your brothers and your sisters. As I said, God is love. If you have no love, then you don't know God. Amen. That is what Jesus is calling us to do, to love our brothers and sisters. A very important commandment where many Christians fail in that area. 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. It says, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Question mark. Verse 18. Dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Amen. So we'll be confident when we stand before God because it's a time of, it's a day of judgment that is coming upon the whole world. We have to be answerable to God for everything that we're doing with our life, with our body. As well, we have to be. We have to give an account. What are we doing with our children? Are we bringing our children in the right direction? Are we bring, bringing our spouse in the right direction? Are we bringing them to the Lord? What are we doing with the life God has given us? We are going to be answerable to God. Amen. God is going to judge us. No, none of us is going to uh, is, is going to escape judgment. The day of judgment is coming, where we are going to be judged on what we did with the life God gave us. Amen. He's telling, if, if you see a brother or sister who is struggling and you have enough money to live well and, and you don't show any compassion to the person, then how can you say that God's love, that you love God? If you can't love your own brothers and sisters, what makes you think that you can love God? Amen? I mean, you, can, you, you see your brothers and sisters, you, you don't want to love them. You say that you love God though you haven't seen, them, seen God yet. Amen. So if you cannot love your brothers and sisters here on earth, what is the guarantee that you're going to love them in heaven? Amen. Because heaven is not a place for loveless people, church. Heaven is a place where people full of love of God live there. So don't ever expect or think that you're going to make it to heaven when you're living with no love, with no compassion for your brothers and sisters. That's what the word says. If you hate your brother and sister, you are living in darkness. Amen. And James is actually going a little further ahead of that about the importance of love and the importance of helping your brothers and sisters in need. You'll find that in James chapter 2, verses from 15 to 24. It says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or no clothing and you say, Goodbye. And have a good day. Stay warm. Eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Amen. So James is very clearly telling the church that you're saying you love God. You're telling your brothers and sisters, be fair, this, that. But you're not putting it in action. So what good is that faith? What good is that love which doesn't produce any good actions? There's no good deed 
taking place. So what good is that faith? What good is that love when you don't put it in action? Amen. And further ahead it says, some people may argue. Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in fear. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Question mark, verse 20. Again, Paul James is saying that you are telling me that I have faith, but faith without action is no faith at all. A very good example is Abraham. Abraham said, Lord, I love you. And he put God first. And if you see, when God gave him Isaac, after waiting for 100 years, he got a child, finally God answered his prayer. And still he was willing to be obedient to God. So his faith was portrayed in action when he took his son and placed him on the altar, ready to sacrifice him. That is called action. Your faith has to be shown in action. Your love has to be shown in action. If it's not in action, James is clearly saying it is useless. Amen. So we have to show our love and faith in action, church. I remember there was this pastor, uh, Pastor Jose's friend, and uh, he had called him because he, Pastor Jose met uh, a guy on the street. Uh, he was handicapped. He was on his wheelchair. He was an old gentleman. And he was at the bus stop. It was raining really bad that night. And he didn't know what to do, where to go. And Pastor Jose went to him. He said, Brother, do you need any, any help? He said, I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight, brother. I'm so old. I don't have a place to live. And I'm in this rain. So Pastor Jose called his pastor friend and told him, Pastor, can you help this old man? He needs a place just for tonight. And tomorrow he'll be gone, but just help him. And that pastor of a very big church, you know, he could easily help this guy. But he said, I'm sorry, I can't because there's no place and he has to fill up forms. He has to do this. He has to, you know, come to my office. He has to do that, this. And Pastor Jose said, well, he can't do that. It's late at night right now and he's, it's raining. And can you give him a place in your house because he has a very big house just for tonight? And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And eventually Pastor Jose had to take him to his house and he spent a night over there. So that's the question. If you are preaching Christ, we better be like Christ. Amen, church? Because Jesus is full of love. He would never reject his people like that. So if you say you're a pastor, if you're preaching Christ, we need to have the same attitude of Christ. And we have to show our love and faith with our good deeds. Amen. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, Those who don't live righteously and don't love others do not belong to God. That's what John is telling. You'll find that very clearly in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. 
Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers do not belong to God. Very clearly John is, has mentioned there in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. Two things. If you don't live righteously, a right standing before God. And secondly, if you don't love your brothers and sisters, then you don't belong to God. Very clearly, you do not belong to God. So we have to show our love in action, church. We have to show <coughs> our concern for our brothers and sisters who are desperately in need. I was so happy to see how the people in India were struggling, but the people are coming to help each other. The hospitals are overcrowded, but there are people who have opened their houses to help these COVID patients to get oxygen and to get medications. People are coming and volunteering to help people. And that is what we are called to do. How can we show the love of Christ if we are not there when they need us the most? Just by saying, oh, hallelujah, be blessed and, you know, God bless you. It's not going to cut it. We have to be there to show our love in action. And when we do that, it says we belong to God. Amen. I'm going to close with this last scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9. It says, for this light within you will produce only what is good, right and true. It will produce what is good, right and true. If you're living in the light, people will see that. Amen. If you're living in the light, you will pro produce good deeds. Amen. You will show your love for God. You will keep God first. And secondly, you will show your love to your brothers and sisters. Because those are the two important commandments God is calling us to do. Amen. So God is calling us to live in the light and be a light to the family, to our family, to, to the church, to the community. Be the light. That's what Christ is calling us to be. Amen. So that's the message.